1: The following clips are from today's guest Bart Sibrel's 2004 documentary Astronauts Gone Wild which follow his attempts to find the astronauts that participated in the alleged Apollo moon landing that was said to have happened on July 20th, 1969, and get each of them to swear on the Bible that they did on camera. In the first clip, we have Bart approaching astronaut John Young.
2: Yeah, Yeah, right here's fine. I'm Bart with ABC Digital. How are you doing? Um, I was given a classified tape from the Apollo program. It's 31 years old. It's an unedited reel including outtakes from the mission. Uh, It's got about 20 takes of a single shot of the mission. What mission? Apollo 11. And the photography is being forged in the mission. They're faking a shot of being halfway to the moon. And they refer to you on the tape as a shot that was done during Apollo 10, where you put a transparency over the window and move the camera of the Earth and move the camera back away from the window, turn off the lights in the spacecraft and appeared to be halfway to the moon when in fact they were in Earth orbit. Huh, really? Yeah, and they said it was the same way that you did it on Apollo 10. So we wanted to give you the opportunity to put your left hand on the Bible, to raise your right hand, to swear to God. Stick it in your ear. Well, you were given an opportunity to swear to God under oath that you walked on the moon. I
1: don't do that thing.
2: Well, if you really walked on the moon, what's the problem of swearing to God that you did? Do you believe in God?
1: You want me to knock you in the head?
2: Well, I want you to, want you to swear get to God on the Bible me. that you walked on the moon.
1: Me, okay?
2: If get you walked from... on the moon, we're given the opportunity to swear to God that you walked on the moon. Well, I'm gonna give you the opportunity
1: to get the hell knocked out of you if so you don't leave me alone. In this next clip, we have Bart approaching astronaut Buzz Aldrin.
2: Howdy, Buzz. Yeah. How's it going? Remember me? What's your name? Bart, Bart Sibrel. Would you uh, give your name to my uh, oh,
3: love to assistant?
2: Yeah, I got one for you one for your lawyer to sue me. Yeah, that's right. well, I hope you do. You. I'd love to go to court and show yeah. a window shot. I know you'd like to get a lot of attention, wouldn't you? Well, you're the one getting money for something yeah. you didn't do. You're getting a lecture for walking <laughs> on the moon when you didn't. You well, That's called being a thief. Why don't you just
3: that's that's called call being a thief. Life.
2: Do you think you can get to heaven without repenting? Why don't you swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon? Please? Why don't you you swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon? you tell him to get, of him to get out this of here, we'll call the police. Come on in here, we'll call
3: the police. Why don't
2: you swear in the Bible that you walked on the moon? I, it doesn't, sir, I, don't, I have nothing to do with this, but okay. you cannot solicit on this property. We just paid right to rent out the penthouse to shoot up there. You can't solicit like this on this property. Keep, keep, keep shooting. Alright, well yeah. then I'd go through my measures.
3: Yeah. you got
2: to keep shooting, man. Okay, Well, you can put it on your shoulder, don't be shy.
3: Just come with me first
2: like You're the one who said you walked on the moon when you didn't. Calling the kettle black, if I ever thought of it. Saying Will I misrepresented you get it myself. get away from me? You're a coward and a liar and a thief.
1: The scuffle at the end was Buzz clocking Bart in a less than graceful display of rage, which revealed Buzz's ineptitude at being able to navigate the situation in such a way as to not drive home Bart's implications in one fell swoop. Next, we have the tail end of an interview with Ed Mitchell in his home. Bart successfully gets Ed to swear on the Bible, but then Ed changes the mood by ordering Bart to leave and then kicking him as he begins to gather his equipment.
2: If you're going to press me on this, I'm not going to talk to you anymore because I won't pursue this. All of this attempt to say the Apollo programs were fake is just sheer nonsense. And you can talk till hell freezes over and you're wrong. Well, would you affirm... I won't continue on this line. Would you swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon? You bet your sweet ass. Okay. Put your left hand on the Bible. Put your left hand on the Bible. Raise your right hand and say, I, Edgar Mitchell... I, Edgar Mitchell... Affirm... Affirm... Under penalty of eternal damnation... I don't believe in that, but... Under... Penalty of eternal damnation... That I walked on the moon on Apollo 14. That I walked on the moon on Apollo 14. Well, you know, you're the first astronaut to do that. We asked six other astronauts to swear on the Bible, and they refused to do it. Well, <laughs> I don't particularly like to take oaths like that either, because I don't accept the Bible as a gospel of anything except a historical record. But we did go to the moon. You bet your sweet ass we went to the moon. OK, turn off the camera. Your interview is done. I've given you all the time I'm going to give you. Okey-dokey good to meet you okay. i don't say it's a pleasure understand please get your ass out of my house Okay? and you came here under false pretenses. and i think you're an asshole well and if you continue this and if you press us, i will personally take you to court I, I hope that you do i invite you to i'm going to give you my card so you can arrange that and i'm encouraging I, you're you to frank, arrange you're frankly not worth it no no I. I, we have you on the record saying you'll take me to court. I hope you do, because we have proof that would prove it in a court of law that Apollo 11 didn't go to the moon. <laughs> and I think it's something that you should see. It. I don't say that lightly. Believe me. I don't say lightly. You're you're ha- joking, it lightly. You have choking, sir. People can have fun, and maybe do that if they feel like they want to have a little fun on a trip to the moon. As an independent producer. Okay, we're heading out. Doing that is against moral ethics. Lying about going to the moon is a satanic lie hey, of gigantic you, proportions. I don't hit people, but you're going to be on the deck unless you get... Oh, I'm heading out. I'm I Shut appreciate it. it. And you get the hell out of black house.
1: What these interactions seem to reveal is that these men all have something to hide. Given the context, it would seem that they would be hiding some truth about the alleged moon landing. There are many aspects of Bart's story, from him accidentally being sent footage that was never meant for the public, to him being kidnapped by the CIA, and many things in between, that might lead us to believe that we never landed on the moon. Usually this is a conspiracy trope that tends to fall next on the top 10 wacko list, right under Flat Earth and chemtrails. Why? because if this indeed is the case it would be concrete proof that the government has been lying to us for a long time. Not something along the lines of some campaign promise that was never kept but more something with such a historical significance that it has become the stuff of legends which is periodically drug out in front of the public to a predictable heaping of praises that not only is supposed to reinforce how great we perceive ourselves as a country, but also to reinforce a cosmology that many have begun to seriously question over the past six or seven years. So we invite you to sit back and listen to Bart recount his story from which you can then make your own conclusions about the evidence presented. I start off the conversation by asking Bart how all of this got put on his radar.
2: Well, I grew up believing that the moon landings are real like everybody else. In fact, the number one reason I hear from people who refused to even investigate whether the moon landings were genuine or not, is, quote, the government wouldn't lie about such an important thing. (laughs) Therefore, it must be true. Right. And so my dad was in the Air Force at the time. I was four years old asleep in bed when they allegedly walked on the moon in 1969. Mm -hmm. And because he was an officer in the Air Force, he got a VIP package of about 29 by 12 color prints of Apollo 11. So they were my cherished present. I had them on my bedroom wall every day from the age of four to 14, which means I saw them 3,650 times (laughs) over 10 years before I even considered the possibility that they were fraudulent. Uh And then when I was 14, I saw a television program with a gentleman by the name of William Casey, who worked during the Apollo program Mm -hmm. for six years. And he had very high security clearance because he would edit the grammar of the memos coming between von Braun and the Pentagon to make them look a little bit more intelligent and educated than they really were.
3: (laughs)
1: So his
2: his degree to do this, he was actually an English major, Mm. but to correct their grammar and make them look more sophisticated, uh, he had to have very high security clearance. And he saw a memo from von Braun to the Pentagon That said the odds of going to the moon successfully round trip without killing the crew with untried 1960s technology was a one in 10,000 chance. So what they did, like a bluff in poker, when you have two twos and your opponent has three threes, you bluff, Mm. you go all in. And that's what they did. So I saw that on television as a 14 year old. Then fortunately, I'm open minded at the time. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I go back to my bedroom wall and look at the pictures that I had previously seen 3,650 times. Mm -hmm. And it's like my eyes were wide shut. And sure enough, when I look at them critically, I start seeing things that I simply overlooked, Mm -hmm. which was back then. in the original pictures, if you can get prints from 1969 or the early 70s, either from NASA or from, let's say, a book in a library or a book published at the time, You'll see that the soil in the moon pictures is a very much caramel brown, Mm
3: -hmm. as it
2: actually is, because the Chinese probes have caramel brown soil. Mm. Unfortunately, for NASA, who faked the moon missions, the background projection uh, was kind of a grayish blue. So you could see a very distinctive line between the real soil, which was brown and the fake backdrops, which was grayish blue. NASA has since corrected them, re them, and made the soil bluish gray to match the bluish gray background. But in the original pictures, which I had, you could see pretty clearly uh, that they were uh, on a fake set. And I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? So you fast forward another 10 years. I'm 24 at this point in the story, mm-hmm. and I'm a filmmaker. Now, the job of a filmmaker is to make fake scenes look real sure so when i see shadows that they claim are in sunlight which if you go outside on a cloudless day and stand five feet apart from somebody out in your yard or parking lot you'll see that your shadows always run parallel the sun is a million times bigger in volume than the earth so it's going to cast shadows in the same direction over an entire continent or the entire moon so shadows in sunlight always run parallel, and it's scientifically impossible for them to intersect. So in some of the pictures from NASA, they uh, the shadows intersect at 90 degrees from objects five feet apart. Mm. Well, that's impossible to take place in sunlight, which means it's electrical light, which means they're on Earth and not the moon. You can prove that the moon landings are fake from one photograph, which you can see for free at Sibrel, S-I-B-R-E-L dot com. And you can watch all of my films on the subject for free. I did an audio book, which is also in print and Kindle. I read it and all three versions are available at Sibrel dot com. And it's interactive. There are 15 video links throughout the book. I say, look, stop right here. Watch this video so you'll know what I'm about to talk about in the next chapter so that proved it so i'm 24 i'm a filmmaker and i'm actually editing something for the man who produced the tv show that i'd seen 10 years earlier as a 14 year old interesting with william casey it, who worked for nasa who said the moon landings were fake oh, right. and i'm like who was that guy on your show who said we didn't go to the moon he said oh i don't remember call the san francisco production office so i did they said that had i called the day or two later they would not have been able to tell me his name because every 10 years they throw away archives because they're taking up too much room to make new room for the videotape and paperwork. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty interesting. I almost didn't get in touch with him. He of course, immediately suggested as a filmmaker that I make a film about the moon landings being fake. So Mm -hmm. I took off about six months, paid myself a salary and started doing research into whether or not the moon landings, were fake or real. Mm -hmm. And I found out that in numerous pictures, the shadows intersect at 90 degrees indicating electrical light, which means 100%, no doubt, they're on Earth and not on the moon. Mm -hmm. I discovered that two of the three astronauts on the most famous first mission don't give interviews on the subject, which is kind of strange. Mm -hmm. I find out that there's not a single photograph of Neil Armstrong standing on the surface of the moon as the first man on the moon. I even went to the National Archives and I said, hey, you know, most famous man in the world, most famous event in human history. Uh, can you please show me one picture of the most famous guy in the most famous event standing there, still picture on the moon? They go in and out of the archives, scratching the head. There isn't one. He did not want the liability spiritually or legally. Mm-hmm. Now, their excuse is, well, he was taking the pictures, so he's not in any of them. And I'm like, uh, you know, if it's a 500 degree difference between light and shadow and micrometeorites and radiation, and you might drop the thing and have no record of the greatest event in human history, I think you'd probably put a camera on both people, but that's their excuse for there being no pictures of the guy. Then I find out the administrator of NASA, James Webb, mysteriously resigns days before the first Apollo mission. Didn't want to have anything to do with it. Isn't that interesting? Mm. And then I find out that the Soviets were five times more advanced than we were. For mm. every 10 hours, the United States spent in space. So they spent 50 hours. Mm-hmm. They launched the first satellite, the first man, the first woman, the first spacewalk, the first crew of three, the first of two spacecraft simultaneously. Every single space milestone they did first. And to this day, 50 years later they've never attempted to put a man on the moon because it simply cannot be done with today's technology. So how could it be done with 1960s technology?
3: Right. And
2: then you find out all of these things combined. And I'm thinking, hmm, it looks like there's a possibility, at least one out of four, a chance that they did not go to the moon. Now, if the police came and knocked on my door and said, um, you know, one of your four neighbors might be a mass murderer, that's a pretty strong possibility in my mind and so one out of four chance that the federal government faked the greatest event in human history that is in the encyclopedia on stamps on coins given these guys congressional medals of honor that's a spookily large possibility sure. so originally i turned down the project mm-hmm. i said look i love puzzles I kind of have a never give up personality. Mm-hmm. If anyone could uncover this, I said I probably could. However, if they did not go, then it could be dangerous looking into this. And I wanted to have a wife and family someday. I said I'm not gonna risk my life for what tricky Dick Nixon did 50 years ago. Yeah. Right. Uh, Five exactly. years go by. I uh, had another client who was a Christian musician, Mm -hmm. and they said uh, they would get one of my screenplays to a famous Hollywood producer if I did them a favor. Mm -hmm. I said, what favor? They said, read the Bible. So they suggested I get something called a one-year Bible that divided the Bible into 365 calendar reads. So over the next five years, I remember I started reading the Bible June 3rd, 1989, the Day, the gentleman stood in front of the tanks in mm-hmm. China. Mm-hmm. And over the next five years, I read the Bible five times from cover to cover. Now, I wasn't a Christian. However, it did convince me that there is a battle between right and wrong, mm-hmm.
3: good and evil,
2: light and darkness, and truth and lies. And if they fake going to the moon, that is actually more profound historically than if they had actually gone. That would be more profound of an event that mankind's greatest event was staged at a juvenile pride and greed and stupidity and corruption than simply admitting they couldn't do a goal. That is more profound of an event in history if it's true. And I said, if that's the case, it's important for mankind to know. If we don't know we have cancer, then we'll never be cured. And if we don't realize that our government is so corrupt to have affect such a thing, then this is dangerous for our survival as a people. So I said, I'm going to die anyway. This is a just cause. And I might as well go out fighting for a just cause. So I changed my mind. I called back up William Casing. I said, look, I changed my mind. I'm going to make this movie. And well, if you believe in God, a few days later, I meet a board member of an aerospace company who's building rockets for nasa who knows that the moon landings are fake wow. he's a multi-millionaire he gave me a million dollars to produce a funny thing happened on the way to the moon and astronauts gone wild which you can see for free at sabrell.com a funny thing happened on the way to the moon took seven years to produce And I was producing it under the theory, it might be true, Mm -hmm, that they faked it. Mm -hmm. Well, three and a half years into the production, I pop in a tape from NASA. I called up NASA. I'm not about to tell them, you know, hey, I'm trying to prove the moon landings are fake. Can you send me some great footage, please? No, I said, I'm doing a documentary about the moon landings, which is true. Shrewd as a snake and innocent as a dove. And so I said, uh, send me everything you got from just the first mission, because I figured if they faked it, they're more likely to have made a mistake the first time they faked it because they had never faked it before. So I said, I want all video, all film, all still pictures uh, from Apollo 11 only. there's only like 20 pictures of an astronaut standing on the surface of the moon during the greatest event in human history. Wow. I mean, a person goes to the Eiffel tower, they take like 50 pictures just in that location. Exactly. You would think, you know, there'd be more pictures than that. And then as far as footage, it's just, I get like 20 tapes and it's the same footage over and over again. There's very little footage. In fact, when Ron Howard did his IMAX, you know, celebration, of the moon landings, 95% of it was reenactments because there's so little original footage of them there on the surface of the moon because it was fake and they were afraid to release too much. So I end up you know, giving up on this. It's useless. But I'm getting toward the end of producing or, or editing the film, and I'm like, I'd really like the countdown in real time. Uh, you know, just for the drama, like one minute all the way down to maybe T plus 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I can't find it. It's always ju- it's all, all edited. Mm-hmm. There's no unedited footage. Everything is polished, voiceovered from NASA, you know, and no independent footage, actually. In fact, it's the only event in human history where there was no independent press coverage. I mean, World War Two took place in front of a billion eyewitnesses all the prison camps and all Mm -hmm. the tragedies that went on there, they're in front of thousands and thousands of witnesses. But for the most important event in human history, that's at least secular, there's no independent press coverage. It all comes from the government. They say this is a television transmission coming from the moon. How can we doubt them? We have no control over it. They say these are pictures from the surface of the moon. How can we verify it? We have to take them for their word. So, I end up uh, calling up NASA and I say, hey, look, I want uh, this unedited footage. They send me the tape. They say, this is going to be it. This is what you want. I get the wrong tape. They, I send it to them again, uh, asking for it, and I get the wrong tape the second time. And I'm like, maybe you don't understand here. You know, Apollo 11, the launch from T minus a minute to plus half a minute, video or film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll send it to you. I get the wrong thing the third time. Then I'm like, something's going on here. And then I'm like, I have to ask it for a fourth time. And they volunteer to pay my postage as long as it takes six weeks for me to get it. And I'm like, I've been paying Federal Express for it. And they've been complaining that they're counting paper clips. They're so underfunded. Yeah, exactly. And now they're volunteering to pay my postage. Well, yeah. come to find out, they were onto me. Uh, they had been informed somehow that my documentary was not flattering of NASA mm. and they were trying to stall the project. Well, I finally go through the last few tapes. I pop in a tape. It says on the screen, do not show to the public. Mm. William Casey believes a whistleblower from NASA sent this to me. It's completely unedited footage of a single shot of the mission of them allegedly being halfway to the moon. The shot, if you can imagine a TV screen, mostly black with a little blue ball in the middle of it, allegedly they have the camera at the glass of the window mm-hmm. shooting the tiny Earth far away. The thing is dated by NASA's own atomic clocks two days into the flight, and they're allegedly looking back at the Earth far away. Mm-hmm. Well, we have the unedited version. It's a one foot model of the Earth that yeah. they're creating from the spacecraft in Earth orbit. You can see this as one of the links at Sabrell.com. Just click on Moonman Video Links. And go to the one labeled smoking gun. Mm-hmm. We have them in real time faking being halfway to the moon with a one foot model of the earth, and the CIA on a third track of audio telling them how to fake a four second radio delay. They never left Earth orbit. And what a surprise 50 years later. They still cannot leave Earth orbit in a manned vehicle. Otherwise, the Artemis rocket would have people on board. But it doesn't because they can't do it and survive. In fact, one of the video clips is NASA admitting that the technology to leave Earth orbit and survive the radiation has yet to be invented. Crazy. Then how did they leave Earth orbit 50 years ago? You know, it boggles the mind. They have these side admissions that they can't go to the moon and didn't go to the moon. Otherwise, there'd be men on that vehicle right now, right? So I, I realize. Oh my gosh, they're they're only two hundred and fifty miles above the Earth. The Earth is completely filling the circular window outside Mm -hmm. their Earth orbit. Clearly lying that they're halfway to the moon, and then. They hear a question from NASA saying, Hey, how's it going? And then you hear the CIA count off four seconds, 1001, 1002, 1003, 1004, talk. And then Neil Armstrong speaks. Mm -hmm. Because if he answers the question right away, it would give away the fact that he's close Mm -hmm. by in Earth orbit only 250 miles above the earth. He's supposed to be 130,000 miles out. It would take, in their estimation, two seconds for the radio to go out, Mm. two seconds for the radio signal to come back. So the CIA counted off four seconds and then said, talk, we have that clearly on the tape. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let Let me understand this. They're faking being halfway to the moon, clearly. So if they're faking being halfway to the moon, it means they can't go. Halfway to the moon. And if they can't go halfway to the moon, they didn't go to the moon. And Mm. because they all have identical equipment, if one Apollo rocket can't leave Earth orbit, then none of them could. They never went. And the, you know, at first I thought, well, maybe later they went and they only faked the first one. But the the last one, Apollo 17, has more 90 degree intersecting shadows than any other mission, proving they're using electrical light and on Earth too. And here we are 50 years later. And the farthest that NASA can send an astronaut away from the Earth is 250 miles, which is 1,000th the distance to the moon. So, in my film and in my new book, which is at Sabrell.com, mm-hmm. we have four proofs that the moon landings are fake. And each one by themselves would prove it. Intersecting shadows at 90 degrees in a photograph from objects five feet apart is 100% scientific proof that that photograph is taken with electrical light because it's impossible to shepherd shadows to intersect at 90 degrees in sunlight, which means it's on earth. That's all the proof you need. Then we have the logic. They can't have a thousand times farther space traveling capability 50 years ago with one millionth of computing power cell phone than they do today, because that would mean that technology is greater in the past than in the future but that's a scientific impossibility right. which proves itself that it's a forgery so that's two proofs then we have this classified footage of them faking being halfway to the moon with a one foot model of the earth over and over again for an hour that's three proofs and then for the first time not in my film a funny thing happened on the way to the moon and in the book moon man is a deathbed confession of cyrus eugene Akers. Who was the chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base? And on June 1st, he stood beside President Johnson while they filmed the fake moon landing at Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico. On his deathbed, he confessed it. And I'll add one other thing that's not in the book because I wasn't sure. He also confessed he murdered a coworker to keep it a secret. Wow. Who was going to tell the police? So. Wow. He had to confess that homicide and he confessed the moon landing fraud on his deathbed. We have four proofs, irrefutable. And for some strange reason, Joe Rogan and Alex Jones will not talk about it, which is kind of odd, because Mm -hmm. even though the Kennedy assassination witness list of some 200 people Mm -hmm. is greater Than the number of people killed to keep the moon landing fraud a secret, which I estimate to be 20 people or less. Mm -hmm. 9-11 killed 3,000 people. John uh, Robert McNamara admitted before he died that the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which was the beginning of the Vietnam War, they just fabricated that. Now, that led to the death of a million people. Mm -hmm. So I think if they're willing to fabricate something that led to the death of a million people, they're they're willing to fake an image on a television. So even though all those events killed more people, the moon landing fraud coming out would have more greater impact on the public and initiate government change. And that's why I'm a little suspicious as to why the top two podcasts won't discuss it. Maybe they know this, because if the truth comes out that the moon landing fraud happened, the government people... The people of this nation will be more outraged against the government than 9-11, Kennedy, or the Vietnam War because it was burned in their hearts that the moon landings are real. They got down on their knees and prayed. They waved their flags. They gave ticker tape parades. They gave them congressional medals of honor for lying. Our national heroes are given awards for deceiving us. That, I think, will outrage the public. You would think a deathbed confession of Cyrus Eugene Akers, who was chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base, and told us the name of the base where it was filmed, the dates it was filmed, the CIA's code name, and a list of 15 eyewitnesses who were there, including Buzz Aldrin and uh, Neil Armstrong, mm. and the flight director, and two other people from the CIA i never heard of. And a, and a science fiction writer as a consultant, you would think this would be breaking news that they would want to talk about. Right. For some reason, they're afraid to talk about it. I don't know why. I think because it will actually bring about more government change than talking about or exposing any other crime. So this is it. This is the sad truth. I mean, when I popped in that tape years ago and saw them faking being halfway to the moon right in front of my eyes, I just wept quietly. I'm like, oh, how sad is this? Mm. They really faked the moon landing. What a fallen world and fallen country I live in. How pathetic is that? And I've even talked to a professor of an aerospace university. I showed him intersecting shadows, the classified footage, Mm -hmm. deathbed confession and whatever else. And he said, Bart, there's nothing you could show me that would make me recant my belief in my virtual God of Mm. science that you know what is what if you don't believe in god you believe in science and what's the greatest achievement of science putting a man on the moon that's his god he said if he saw buzz aldrin on national tv tearfully confessing that the moon missions were fake he would still think he walked on the moon anyway now think about that this guy's teaching university and is not open to the facts when they're staring in a space and is going to preach a lie anyway and knowingly and proudly preach a lie and admitted it. I mean, that's the thinking of people. It's like telling a child that there's no Santa Claus and they're mad and mad and mad at mm. you for taking away their God and their glory that they fake the moon landing. You shouldn't be mad at me, the messenger. You should be mad at your federal government who right. faked the moon landing yeah. and took $2,000 from every citizen to do it. And then the second to the last chapter of Moon Man, which is at sabrell.com on audio, Kindle or print, I read the audiobook, mm-hmm. is the chapter is called NASA's Greatest Fear. This is information I was asked not to put in the film
3: mm-hmm. from
2: Betty and Scott Grissom, the widow of Gus Grissom mm-hmm. and the son of Gus Grissom, who would have been the first man to walk on the moon, except he was a NASA whistleblower. Mm-hmm. He prepared reports for Congress and his senator. That said, they were at least 10 years, not two, from going to the moon. They couldn't get the simplest things to work on the ground. So how could they possibly manage to work complicated things in outer space that have never been done before? He said, this is going to kill us. And then one day he comes home. This is not my opinion. This is the opinion of his widow and his son, who's a 747 pilot, who I interviewed for seven hours. Mm. They said the day before he died in an alleged accident, he came home and told his wife, for some strange reason, hon, the CIA is all over the NASA launch pad. I wonder why. And the very next day, he's dead. His wife and his son are totally convinced that they were murdered by the cia you see that Mm -hmm. now if they fake the moon landing and killed nobody sometimes i'm asked what difference does it make and i would say i agree with them except for the fact that they murdered their own citizens to keep it a secret because what this means is they spent an equivalent in today's dollars of 200 billion dollars one third of our labor Mm -hmm. imagine working sweating putting on uh tiles on on your roof for a living, right? And you come home and you get $100 and $33 of it goes for faking the moon landing. Think about that. And then not only are we paying for the government to deceive us, somebody paid the salaries of those CIA agents. Somebody paid the hardware which they used to rig a fire in that spacecraft. And you know who paid for that? We did. That's why they don't want the truth about the moon landing fraud coming out. Because the very next thing that would be investigated is the Apollo one fire, which Mm -hmm. the dead man's own relatives they say was set by the CIA because the guy would not cooperate with the faking of the moon landing. In fact, there were four other backup crew Apollo astronauts who died in quote accidents Mm -hmm. and a two-year period. So if you add them to the three, we have seven people out of twenty having fatal accidents in a two year period. Yeah. Now if there are 20 employees at a McDonald's and seven of them have fatal accidents in two years, I think the homicide detectives would be hanging out there for a while. Exactly. No one investigated this, right? And then the lead investigator, uh, Donald uh, B- Barron, or Ronald Barron, he, you know, mysteriously dies at a train crossing. His car is, you know, hit at a train crossing as was an Apollo astronaut. Who wouldn't cooperate his car was you know found at a train crossing you know those people were killed somewhere else and that used to be the methodology for destroying forensic evidence right before they had dna technology so not only did they fake the moon landing they murdered the crew that would have been the first crew to walk on the moon because they wouldn't cooperate and they used our tax dollars to deceive us and to murder our brethren who were trying to expose their crimes so when orwell says whoever controls the past controls the future. Mm -hmm. That means as long as the federal government is claiming in the past that the moon landings are real when they're not, then those same corrupt entities are controlling our destiny today, which means until the moon landing fraud is exposed, the federal government will be corrupt until the end of time. So there we go. You got 30 minutes left. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, what you're, what you're talking about is probably the ultimate example of cognitive dissonance. Yes. Because what we're attacking here is people's narcissism and their audacity. And what people want to believe is that the United States is the greatest country in the world so that we could achieve the greatest achievement in the world. And... When you consider that Russia was our, quote, unquote, enemy in the Cold War, it only makes sense that the government would want to push this narrative.
2: Well, Mike Adams of Natural News said something very profound. He said the people who run our government are gangsters. And that's it exactly. You look at the face of CIA Director John Brennan. Mm -hmm. He looks like a gangster. They will murder people who get in their way. They murdered the crew of Apollo 11 because they wouldn't cooperate. They murdered their own president, who they're supposed to protect, John F. Kennedy, because he was going to expose their crimes. That's why Eisenhower wouldn't warn us until the last day in
0: office. He had eight
2: years to dismantle the military-industrial complex, and he knew he couldn't do it. He was overpowered. That's why he safely warned us the last day in office so he wouldn't get killed. Mm -hmm. He knew that. And now Kennedy tried to do something about it in office, and they killed him. Now, if you believe in the Bible and in times and things like that, it's interesting that in 2017, there was a solar eclipse Mm -hmm. over the United States. Genesis says there are signs in the heavens that represent things. Mm -hmm. They're symbolic for things. This isn't astrology, it's biblical astronomy. Mm-hmm. Well, it falls over the largest pagan statue in the United States. The goddess Athena, which is so tall in her hand, is the statue of a six-foot tall man. It's in Nashville, Tennessee. That's where the first eclipse fell over. The second eclipse, a biblical seven years later, is falling over Dallas, texas the point of no return of the federal government Mm -hmm. when they killed their own president they became unstoppable it's like they tried to kill hitler two or three times but all the nazi generals the nazi machine the red tape of corruption had become so powerful no individual general could stop it that's why eisenhower couldn't do anything about it for eight years. He could not stop the corruption. He was even afraid to talk about it until his last day in office. Kennedy tried to stop it, and they killed him. Everything improves over time, except, of course, moon travel technology. (laughs) But aside from that, all evil improves over time. Now, when Jesus says about the last days, things will get so bad that unless God personally intervenes, no one will be saved. No one's life will be saved. Mm. I take that to mean that the evil people, they're going to win. Eisenhower admitted it. Kennedy proved it. And if you think we've had any honest one-term president since then, there being one term, whether Carter or whoever, Mm -hmm. proved that they can't do anything about it. So the... This little scenario that the government has been doing for the last two years, which 10,000 medical professionals say is completely fraudulent, they're only getting better and better and better and better. So I don't think there's anything that can be done other than, like the Bible says in the book of Acts, save yourself from this corrupt generation. My not favorite scripture, but the most important one to me in the Bible is what good is it to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? I mean, you could own every continent on Earth, every building. You could own New York City, the White House, the space shuttle, the space station, every diamond, every ounce of gold in the whole world. And you're still going to die and drool and pee on yourself. And then what? If we don't take hold of God's offer of eternal life, and all we have to do is repent of our sin, and he'll forgive everything else, then we're a loser. These people, whoever you want to label them, who are you consider the evil people running the world they will gain the world and lose their soul. They will not make it into eternity. I feel sorry for them. They're not my enemy. I'm not out there screaming at them as they go to the Mm -hmm. Bilderberg meeting. Mm -hmm. No, I would be out there saying, repent, turn to God, give God glory. Because, you know, just think about it. Since you've been an adult and been watching the evening news, which however many years or decades that is, have you seen a single news story? Where someone who has gotten away with bank robbery or murder or rape got a conscience and turned themselves in. I've never seen it. Not a single time. And yet, that's all we have to do to receive God's gift of eternal life. We have to repent. It's not a get out of jail free card. The Bible says many times you can lose your salvation. It says it in Hebrews 10. If we deliberately go on sinning, no grace is left only fearful judgment. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 13, to believers, the love of most believers will grow cold because of so much increase of wickedness. But the believer who holds to the very end, that one will be saved. So we have to get saved and stay saved. And I feel sorry for these people who are faking the moon landing, killing Kennedy and doing everything else. They will gain the world and lose their soul. Plus, the Bible says the earth is going to be destroyed anyway. And I start wondering, you know, this little scenario they're doing, which a former vice president of a certain pharmaceutical company said the company is so corrupt that he left that number two, this little event allegedly going on for the last two years is completely made up. In fact, I called NBC News where I used to work. I said, you're reporting all these numbers. Of this, you know, level of alleged illness and this level of alleged fatality. I said, "Have you verified a single one of these?" They said, "No, we just repeat what the government tells us." Wow. Just like they repeated, the, the you know, the lunar module is two thousand feet above the surface and one thousand feet. They just these are just numbers on a computer program. A computer operator at NASA in the heart of NASA said they could tell no difference between a real flight and a simulation. In wow. fact, in a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, which you could watch for free at sabrell.com, you'll see this beautiful tracking shot past all the controllers mm-hmm. as they're going to the moon for the very first time. And they're all kicked back watching television yeah. like everybody else doing <laughs> yeah. absolutely nothing. Exactly. So that if the person working there said they could tell no difference between a simulation and an actual flight, don't think that they can't fool 400,000 people involved in the space program. Because do you really think the CIA is so stupid to tell the guy making the glove or the door or the boot, hey, we're really not going to the moon. You yeah, should re- not to tell yeah, anybody. Exactly. I mean, come on. Exactly. That's like saying what a bank teller knows and what the CEO of the bank knows about corruption yeah. are identical. Exactly. The bank teller is clueless about the corruption in the bank. So is the branch manager. They know nothing. And there's no independent press conference. You know, there's just this picture coming from the federal government right. with three eyewitnesses and we're to take their word for it and of all the conspiracies or frauds you know whoever killed kennedy he's still dead whoever did 9 11 yeah. people are still dead mm-hmm. but this is a positive fraud yeah, yeah. it's exactly. giving a salivating dog it's giving a can a child the candy that they want exactly. give us something to cheer about during the vietnam war nixon said The number one threat to America during his term was people protesting the federal government. That was the number one threat of the government, which he's right. It is because the government is corrupt. So obviously, people protesting the government are enemy number one. And isn't that what's going on now? Aren't the truthers? Aren't the alternative media people the enemies of the state? I watched this film called Contagion which is predictive programming. Yep. And it boggled my mind. You know who the hero in contagion is? It's the CDC, yeah. which is, you know, always appointed by some former pharmaceutical company. Interesting. Lead. I mean, it boggles the mind. My last chapter in the book is what to do about this mess. And one of the suggestions is, is that the president should not be allowed to appoint the directors of various government departments because you have corrupt presidents almost every single time. So they're going to appoint corrupt people to the justice department, the FBI, the CDC, and everywhere else. Of course, Right. So there are people within the FBI, within the CIA, who are honest people and probably the majority of the people in the federal government are honest. Mm -hmm. But when they're told, Hey, look, here's corruption. We need to expose. They say, if you do that, you're fired. Yeah. So it can't be done. The FBI needs to needs to vote among their own rank and file and appoint their own and vote for their own leader. They know who's honest. They know who's dishonest. That should not be allowed to be appointed by the president. In fact, the first democracy 500 years ago, I'm sorry, 2,000 years ago that lasted for 500 years, they chose their Congress and Senate by lottery. I mean, if a lottery selection chooses a jury that decides life and death, I think a lottery would be good enough to decide whether or not to put GMO labeling yes. on a bottle of ketchup exactly. because 90 percent of Americans, 90 percent of Americans agreed on something. Can you imagine the last time 90 Americans uh, agreed on something was on December 6, 1941, when they all agreed 90 percent not to enter World War II. And then the day later, 90% agreed to enter World War II because of Pearl Harbor. Exactly. And since then, there's never been 90% of Americans agreeing on anything except that they want a label on their ketchup or can of beans or whatever that says contains GMO. Yeah. And the president vetoed it. The president did not allow the majority to rule. So if the leader of the Republican Party is corrupt and the leader of the Democratic Party is corrupt, it doesn't matter who you vote for. And when it was exposed that Bernie Sanders was getting more votes than Hillary Clinton, and yet Hillary Clinton was getting twice as many delegates anyway, mm-hmm. that, the, that the Democratic Party claimed was completely legal because it's a private club, yep. but these votes are going to deciding president. So if you're openly rigging votes that are going to decide who's president, I think that should be illegal. So the person who leaked the information about the corruption and the Democratic Party, that's who the FBI went after. Not the corruption in the Democratic Party. They went after the person who leaked the corruption in the Democratic Party. That's what our FBI is doing because their leader is corrupt because they're appointed by corrupt presidents. And theres it looks like there's no escape from this. So my hope and prayer is that the moon landing fraud comes out as a cold glass of water in the face of Americans before they sleepwalk off of a cliff and they go oh the government is this corrupt and maybe yeah. that's why Joe Rogan and Alex Jones are afraid to talk about it yep. maybe they really don't want the, you know the government to change i don't know i guess if i'm being paid hundreds of millions of dollars i do what i'm told i mean if i'm working at mcdonald's and they're paying me 100 million dollars uh for 5 years and they say drop a basket of fries I probably won't argue with them and say, I'm going to make hamburgers instead. I think, okay, I'll earn my money. So I don't know what's going on there.
0: What do you think of the theory that um, Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon landing? Do you think he was involved?
2: Well, that would be my choice. I would always say, well, what would I do if I were them? Uh, Especially when the CIA is after me. One of the chapters, actually two in the book, is called The Funny Thing Happened on the Way to CNN. And a funny thing happened on the way to church. Well, for the first time, I disclosed these behind-the-scenes adventures I've never discussed in any interview or in any film about me literally being kidnapped and drugged by the CIA after I found the secret tape of fake footage. I escaped their custody. I peed in a cup, and I said, I got him. I'm going to prove I was drugged because they gave me some truth serums that made me you know, vomit and practically black out. And they had a clipboard of questions and I told them everything they wanted to know because I was in la-la land, thought they were the good guys. So the idea that you have to waterboard or torture people to get information out of them, that's simply not true. I think if you gave Osama bin Laden $1 billion, which the federal government could easily do, she would uh, turn in one son to save the other nine. And I think if you give somebody truth serum, they're gonna tell you everything you wanna know. I'm living proof of it. And so if they're torturing people, it's just out of sadistic, you know, vengeance and nothing else. But all that to say, so this is in the book. I pee in the cup and I give it to a friend to take to a lab in his name, thinking I can out with the CIA. A few days later, he calls back. I say, well, what's the report from the lab? He says, well, there was a problem. I'm like, oh, what problem? He says, well, the uh, lab had a break in over the weekend. And I said, yeah. He says, well, funny thing. Uh, the only thing stolen was your urine sample. <laughs> Me. But in any case, so w- when I'm trying to outrun the CIA, I always think, well, what would I do if I were them? You know, if I were them, I would have police on the take in every city of 100,000 people or more. So that that was when I went to CNN. I was surrounded by these Illuminati Mason cops who had no idea that I had this large broadcast tape of fake photography. They were just told to stop me from going into CNN. Mm. I told them what's on the tape. I showed them my media credentials. Two of the three just like were about to pass out. They Mm. finally realized what's going on. All that's in the book. But to answer your question about Kubrick, well, somebody filmed the fake moon landing. So that means they had two choices. They could hire the general of the media department at the Pentagon and get uh, good security and amateur results or they could hire the best filmmaker on the planet who coincidentally was shooting a film in 1968 about going to the moon, Stanley Kubrick. Because 2001 A Space Odyssey is still to this day probably the highest quality science fiction film ever made. And that was with you know mechanical fake technology that was not digital. So he probably did film it. In fact, uh, in his film The Shining, there's the little red rum boy who in one scene has on a custom made, you know, hand knit sweater. Yeah. Very intentional. Mm-hmm. And it says Apollo 11 on it. Yep. And apparently there's three or four or five or six other clues in that one film that are Apollo 11 oriented as if the guy is saying, Hey, look, I faked the moon landings and I'm telling you in kind of a subliminal way. Additionally, his last film, Eyes Wide Shut, mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. I kept seeing these pictures of a man on the moon with clearly a fake background, with the guy's arm bent at 90 degrees, with wrinkles all in a space suit. Yeah. That should have been pressurized, but it couldn't be because it would fall over backwards with the AC unit and Earth gravity.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, how many wrinkles are in a balloon? you know, zero. Exactly. The fact that the spacesuit has wrinkles all in it right in front of me, you think I would have seen that? My eyes were wide shut. Mm. Well, he insisted, Kubrick did contractually, that his last film, and he died before it came out, Mm -hmm. but the contract had to be fulfilled. He said, I will not sign the contract with the studio unless you agree to the following. This film must open on July 16th, 1999, the 30th anniversary of the launch to the moon. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I suspect, yes, he did film the first fake moon landing. The list of 15 people that I got who were there were from the visitor's entrance, not the crew entrance. Mm -hmm. That's a separate list to be disclosed or revealed at a future time. Mm. But on this particular case, we have VIP witnesses, Buzz Aldrin is on the list. Neil Armstrong is on the list. Interestingly, Michael Collins is not on the list. They mm-hmm. didn't want him seeing the fake moonset because he wasn't supposed to be there.
3: Mm-hmm. There
2: was uh, two uh, current or former flight directors of NASA. There was a known CIA agent. There was a known NSA agent on the list. And there was a gentleman by the name of Robert Eminager, I never heard of. He was apparently some science fiction writer consultant.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, he was on the list. And uh, so some of these people are still alive, including Eugene Krantz. So he he is aware that I have the list. I let him know in advance that I had the list. And uh, odd thing about that, I call him up. He doesn't even answer the phone. He waits for the other guy to start talking first. It's kind of strange. I'm thinking, <laughs> did the call go through? I call him back up. He says, oh, is this tech support about the satellite uh Uh, conference comm video call with Cernan. Apparently, he has these scrambled, high-quality, secure video conferencing units in his house that he talks to other Apollo astronauts about classified things and apparently wasn't working. He thought I was tech support coming in to say, you know, turn it on and off and reset it or something. And then he said, very interesting, is this about the satellite comm video call with Cernan? Well, that has to be Eugene Cernan, who allegedly died two years earlier. <laughs> oh wow. I guess there's something else fake. Eugene Cernan wanted to die before the 50th anniversary, so he wouldn't have to answer any questions about the fake moon landing. And he's still alive drinking margaritas on a beach somewhere under another name. Because Eugene Krance just admitted he's having private scrambled video conferencing calls with the guy who's still alive two years after they said he died. So, I mean, if they can fake going to the moon and have it printed in every newspaper, on every TV that the moon landings are real when they're not, I think uh, they could fake one person's death. And additionally, if they had every newspaper, every TV station, every radio station saying the moon landings are real, remember for the last two years, they've had every TV station, Mm -hmm. every radio station, every newspaper saying a certain... you know event for the last two years was real it doesn't mean it's real because i called nbc news and i asked them did you verify a single number of fatalities or illnesses or positive whatever from the government they said no we just repeat whatever they tell us right i showed this classified footage of fake photography to two directors at nbc the first one said oh my gosh This conclusively proves we did not go to the moon. And number two, I will not air this. It will cause a civil war. And I will not go down in history as the one who caused the civil war. The second one I showed it to, they were going to have exclusive broadcast of this fake footage Mm -hmm. proving the moon missions were fake. Someone from NASA called up the station and told them not to broadcast it. That's what they told me. The BBC, the same thing. The BBC was going to air a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. As soon as it came out and debuted this footage, they also got a call from someone in the U S government told them not to broadcast it. Interesting. The top two podcasts won't broadcast this information. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? If I were the CIA, I would certainly try to infiltrate the top two alternative media broadcasts. So until they have me on, I'm going to be questioning their authenticity. Sorry guys. Prove me wrong, please. Wild.
0: <laughs> so what are your thoughts about the secret space program? Yeah. Took the
2: well, question they probably I was ask. have another space station up there other than the one that everybody knows about. I mean, the space station is only 250 miles above the Earth, and yet they claim it takes three days of orbiting to synchronize with the space station. Well, the Soviets launched... I don't know, three or four years ago, and they docked with the space station in 12 hours, uh, 600% sooner. And NASA said, you know why NASA said they could do it 600% sooner? They said the Russians have better math than we do. Wow. I thought two plus two equals four in both countries, but I guess two plus two equals five in the United States and two plus two equals four in Russia. So obviously they're doing something up there for the three days. They're going to some other space station or whatever. Now, even though the former VP of Pfizer agrees that the last two years is made up, agrees that this medicine that they're trying to get people to take for an illness they don't even have Mm -hmm. is lethal, and it's likely going to be used to lower the number of people on the earth, Mm -hmm. which coincidentally is the openly stated goal of the person who's making a 20 to one investment off of these particular medicines and and encourages every single person to buy one so he can become 20 times richer, right? Mm. Why are they doing that? Why are they interested in lowering the number of people on the earth now? It's my opinion that there's a cosmic event coming a comet, asteroid, or rogue planet. Mm. Just as we had uh, Eisenhower have his special confession mm-hmm. the last day in office warning us of the corruption in the government, mm-hmm. Janet Napolitano, the day she resigned, said something really interesting. She said the following. A natural disaster is on its way, the likes of which the United States has never before seen. Whoever follows me in office is going to need a big bottle of Tylenol to deal with it. There's three clues here. Number one, what is coming is a natural disaster. Number two, it's a natural disaster that has never happened in the 245 years in America. Mm. And number three, and most importantly, it's a natural disaster somehow you could know about Years in advance. So we've had hurricanes, we've had volcanoes, we've had earthquakes, and you certainly can't predict those years in advance. The natural disaster that we've never had, that because of mathematical astronomy, you could predict years in advance, is a comet or an asteroid or rogue planet coming near the Earth. Mm. I think what they're doing is they know when this event happens, it could kill half the people on the earth in 12 months. So rather than that shock happening, the rich people, they wanna eat out and go to restaurants and travel and have butlers, right? They want to pre-lower the number of people on the earth so that when that event happens, it will be less of a blow. That's my opinion.
3: Mm. The only
2: other thing it could be is a magnetic reversal, but that is pretty vague. I'm not sure they could know exactly when that's gonna happen. And then, rather than destroying this incoming asteroid, comet, or whatever, they're just going to let it happen so that they can blame Mother Nature for the genocide rather than going down in history as the next Hitler, which they all are mm-hmm. anyway, because Bill Gates' parents founded Planned Parenthood yeah. to get rid of Black people. He's a racist. That's why when he goes to Kenya, the pro vaccine Kenya Doctors Association finds it suspicious that they're that he's giving these free tetanus shots, but only to women, Mm -hmm. not to men, who are actually more prone to getting pricked by construction Mm -hmm. and getting tetanus. And they're only giving it to women between the age of 15 and 45, childbearing ages. Mm -hmm. They take some of the vials, they send it to a lab. It's 100% factual, it contains a sterilization drug. Mm -hmm. This was found out eight years ago and they're just now making a documentary about it why is this not the number one story on the evening news that the WHO and Bill Gates gave millions of women a sterilization drug without their consent? Scientifically proven fact, not covered in the news, but when the president gets a new cat, that's in the evening news. Or eats an ice cream cone. (laughs) Yeah, there you go, Uh, which is kind of good. I'm glad he's able to do that. And uh, (laughs) then you have William Benny, who worked for the NSA for 30 years. He goes on national television and says, oh, by the way, we listen to the private cell phone conversations of Supreme Court justices so we can get sexual and financial impropriety on them to blackmail them to vote the way that we tell them. No one contradicts this as being a fact. Supreme Court justices are being blackmailed by the NSA and the CIA and there's not a single congressional investigation. Well, how can that be? That's how bad it is. I don't know what to say. I think the United States is a hopeless cause. I highly recommend fleeing the sinking ship while there's still lifeboats.
0: Is that why you live in the Philippines?
2: Uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> and, my, and, my wi- and my wife is from here. Okay. So, And I want her to be near her family. If you've, uh, I got a copy of the Deagle report. Now the Deagle report I verified is genuine. It's a company I never heard of like the Rand corporation who I've talked to personally over satellite Mm. with people from there before. Mm. Had some (laughs) little private conversations. Okay. Deagle report. I never heard about, well, find out they're founded by Rockefeller foundation member. So it's a genuine thing. They've been preparing Pentagon reports for the last 20, 30 years. Okay. They came out with a report in 2015 doing a 10 year projection of every single country in the world, their military budget, their GDP, and their population, as they estimate it to be 10 years later in 2025. That 2015 report has the population of America at 2025, when it was 300 and uh, I think about 20 million in 2015. They project in 2025. That it's going to be fifty four million people.
0: Wow, that's like a
2: reduction of like eighty five percent. Now, in their twenty sixteen report, they upped that projection to twenty uh, to uh, sixty eight million. Okay, which is still a reduction of like seventy eight percent, and they still focused on twenty twenty five. Normally, it's a ten year projection, right? So in 2015, they showed the year 2025, mm-hmm. but in 2016, they still showed 2025. Mm. And in the 2017 report, which they raised it to $98 million, thank you very much, only 65% reduction, they still focused on 2025. That year is important to them. Yeah. Now, an award-winning virologist has said... That these medicines that everyone is being tricked into getting for Mm -hmm. an illness they don't have, that she thinks they're gonna cause fatalities somewhere between three to five years from now. Mm -hmm. Well, the average of three to five years is four years. Most people got the medicine in 2021. You add four years to that, and it's the year 2025 of the focus of the Deagle report. The Philippines, on the other hand, shows the greatest increase in population in 2025 than practically any country in the world 10% increase. Another interesting thing, all the countries that got the, uh, what's the right way of saying this, the Mary, Robert, Nancy, uh, Albert uh, medicine, (laughs) Uh right? That one, uh, they, uh, those countries show a population decline equal to the number of people who got that particular medicine. Now, the Asian countries and the Spanish speaking countries got the non uh, Mary, Robert, Albert Nancy uh, or, or whatever it is. Uh, medicine. yeah they got the traditional type of medicine mm-hmm. with allegedly the dead particle of the you know thing inside of it. And those countries are the ones that show population increases. So it seems like there's there's a target to get rid of people in America and Europe the countries that demand gun rights, speech rights, freedom rights, assembly rights, The other Asian and Spanish countries have more of a submissive, whatever you say, type of personality, and they don't make waves, and they're better workers, and they work for less, too, a lot less. So they want those people to uh, multiply. So fortunately, I'm in a country that shows a 10% increase in population in 2025, and it helps end my wife's homesickness and- uh, There you are. fleeing a sinking ship all at the same time.
0: (laughs) Wild.
1: And that just happened recently, right? You just moved here.
0: It did, yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I want to be cognizant of your time. We're rounding in on an hour right now. Your work is fantastic and undebatable. I mean, it seems like you you give so many facts, so many observations. Your own personal experience is testimony Mm -hmm. enough uh, that I don't know how anybody could could watch the work that you've done and think that this, all this stuff wasn't a, a grand deception. So thank you for, for what you do, for putting your life on the line and uh, for bringing all this stuff out to the public. It's greatly appreciated. Perhaps you could tell the listeners where they can go and find your work.
2: Yeah. Just go to my last name, S is in Sam, I, B as in boy, R E L, sabrell.com. All you have to do is have an open mind. And when you have an epiphany like I did, that the moon landings were indeed fake, it should scare you because these people are still running our government and yeah. most of the governments of the world. Exactly. And that is dangerous. So go to sabrell.com and you can see all of this information for free or get my book, which explains much more than any of the films do at sabrell.com.
0: Thank you so much for your courage, Bart. I really, really appreciate all of the hard um, labor that you did. And it took so much for you to go and confront these astronauts. And it was just a really, really amazing. I urge everyone to watch your documentary. It is absolutely fascinating. And I just really thank you for everything that you've done to bring light to this issue.
2: Well, when you're in the right, God will protect you. For
1: sure. For sure.
0: Even when Buzz Aldrin clocks you in the Mug. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? You know? <laughs> you're you're one of the few people who could say the Buzz Aldrin hit it hit them, so there you go. <laughs> Bragging rights. Yeah, I mean if
2: I walked on the moon and someone thought otherwise, I would find that hysterically funny. <laughs> exactly. it but it was like it was like walking up to him in front of his wife and saying, Your mistress says hello. Oh, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is truthful that he got angry. Because yeah. if it wasn't true, why would he care?
1: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Proofs in the pudding.
0: Really wonderful. Yes. Thank you so much. For Thanks, being Bart. Here. Sure, take we care. Yes. Hunter, Chris, yeah. be blessed.
1: We'll let you know when it comes on uh hits the airwaves and uh yeah, I wish you well.
0: Yep. Keep up the good Thank work. Thank you. We send you blessings. All take
1: care. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: What did you think, Tarlin? Oh my gravy. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I I really I'm amazed by anyone who is doing something that is so, so far out there and just incredible to have the courage of his convictions. And, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of be in the position where you maybe have suspicions about things, but you don't really take those suspicions public and you don't really do the research and the the footwork that someone like Bart has done. And I was just absolutely amazed by the dearth of information that he was able to share in an hour.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Um Yeah, it does it's not a far leap for me to think like that something like this could have occurred because I have a I say a healthy distrust of uh, these organizations anyway, and these governments who really never had our best interests in mind. Maybe, maybe pre Kennedy. Maybe I don't know. Um, you could you could really parse where that where the where the uh, detour happened, but it makes total sense. I mean, any there's so many slivers of his story. Again, like I said, as we were signing off, just his account of. What the 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 lengths that they went to to try and get that footage out of the hands of CNN and uh, seems like there was one other place that he tried to air it. Uh, that alone says so much. Uh, not to mention the actual evidence itself, which I think there's layer upon layer of very very convincing stuff. It makes total sense to me. It's not a it's not a big leap at all. Not not cognitive cognitive dissonance.
0: Well, I think. If you are one of the type of people who probably isn't listening to our podcast, <laughs> <laughs> so. you're one of the, you're one of the types of people who uh, watches mainstream news and watches it without a critical eye and actually just believes what you're told, then you know you will fight to the end to defend. Uh, history in the way that it, it is being censored and shared and I think that there's a lot of people which is unfortunate that fall under that category because it's too much it kind of goes along with uh, chemtrails and mm-hmm. the poisoning of water systems and the, the poisoning of food and this push for um you know, transhumanism and, and and the push for cryptocurrency and, and digital IDs and all of these things that fall under the the nefarious term of conspiracy, it's easier just to kind of go along with your head down and think that the world has very, you know, clear good guys and bad guys and the people on TV are the good guys. (laughs) The people that are, uh, you know, reading the news are on your side and they want you to have the information. It's easy just to go along with that narrative. It's scary to think that everything that you have been taught by your quote unquote education, the system is a lie
1: yeah, I think more than ever in at this point in history, I, maybe it would be safe to say fifty percent, probably more like thirty to forty percent, but of mainstream media is in the debunking business, which is very strange. Um, and many people don't see the obvious uh, reason why that would exist is because there are narratives that they don't want out. If they're kooky stories that, you know, only tin foil hat wearing folks. Uh, bandy about then who cares let them meet in their coffee shops and talk about it or you know Um, but i think there is a real threat to these narratives alternative alternate narratives that are coming out um, and they're scared shitless of them because there's some good there's some good solid evidence in them
0: i i don't know i think where i kind of land with all of it is that there's enough people who buy it or at least don't openly um, push back against it, that they're pretty, again, audacious. They're pretty pretty sure of themselves. And that's why they keep going. Because, you know, hundreds of professional athletes can literally drop dead and have, you know, cardiac, in quotes, events And no one says, oh, well, that is because they got A, B, C, D. No, it's just this random thing that's happened. (laughs) So I think that's the thing that they're relying on, is they they are relying not on people's stupidity, but their compliance.
1: Their trust. Um, I think what I was mentioning is the exact, one of the huge, hugest, one of the largest reasons for that um situation is because so much mainstream media is pre pre uh classifying all the information for you so all you have to do is see the words conspiracy theory yeah. or Alex Jones's name or something yeah. like or Trump and yeah. then you just don't think any further like oh well, that's all bullshit.
0: Well the, this really started in my estimation this really started kind of in the National Enquirer era because what what was happening was real stories, real news was being uh, exposed in the National Enquirer. But because it was given in this format of this rag that you see at the checkout line of, of a grocery store, then it's easy to look at that and say, oh, that's all fraudulent. That's all bullshit. None of that's real. That's just to sell papers. Well, Come to find out a lot of those things, I'm not saying Bat Boy, but a lot, I was gonna say. a lot of the things that were in those papers were actual news. They were factual, but they were being presented in a way to see if the public would buy it. Yeah,
1: I agree. Totally. I mean, they even bring that up in at least the Men in Black comics. I'm not sure if that got brought up in the movies or not. But yeah. like They kind of keep a tab on what's going on by going into the supermarket and looking at the tabloid headlines.
0: Well, and they see they see do people buy this stuff, do they not buy it? you know, I think one of the shift that shifts that's happening right now, and it's kind of an interesting shift to observe with social media is that you know forty fifty, sixty, seventy years ago, the star system in Hollywood was so deeply entrenched in people's psyches and and they really cared about famous people and what famous people were doing and who was marrying who and you know there was a there was a propaganda machine that was very much entrenched in our culture and I think what's happened in the past decade or so probably you know 5 years I would say is people don't give a shit anymore. People don't care who's fucking who. People don't care what's happening in famous people's lives. You know, for example, the the number of people who are watching the Academy Awards has plummeted to the lowest uh, viewership in the history of the Academy Awards since, you know, it was ever aired on television. And I think part of that is because we are so deeply embedded in our own daily lives and trying to put food on the table and, you know, living in this slave system that no one gives a fuck who is sleeping with who they, we just don't care. And there's so many other things to worry about and to think about that. Those things don't have the same influence that they used to. And, you know, kind of the sidebar of that is that the levels of depression for people who are on social media, you know, people who are of young adult age and teenage age has skyrocketed. So it's not like we are using devices and they're making us happier and smarter and more tuned in and, and more, um, Uh, more engaged with each other, it's having the opposite effect where it's drawing us farther and farther apart. And I think that all of that is by design. So it's very easy to say, this is just another, you know, notch on the government's bedpost of something that they've done. That's total, uh, totally fake.
1: I agree. And often that is boiled down to the base tribalism of politics, which in America, the United States of America, means two measly parties. But really, I mean, corruption can run in 10 measly parties. Uh, But it's super simplistic here and leads to a lot of side-taking. And I see it all the time, people talking about on Twitter, for instance— like all oh, the, oh, the Republicans and blah, 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 the Democrats. And it's like, seriously, you still buy those yeah. classifications? It's, like, it's so weird. It's ridiculous. That's such a large, varied group of people to put them all under the umbrella of what dipshit they vote for.
0: And they're all, you know, it's the same story. It's, it's the, the pong game of just knocking the ball from one side to the next, but you're still playing the same game. And unfortunately, I don't agree with Bart when he says that, you know, the C, the FBI, for example, should choose who their leader is. Yes, there are people in the FBI who aren't corrupt. Yes, there are people in the CIA that aren't corrupt, but there's plenty of people who are, who could be paid off or threatened. So, I just think that the system as it stands is uh, so just it's it's so rotted and it's failed and it's eating itself from the inside out. So I think we just need to get rid of all of it.
1: I agree because it's like a compulsive liar uh, thinking that they can never stop lying because they've lied themselves into a corner for so long that. To say that, to admit to that, would make it all come tumbling down, and that would just ruin the fragile reality that they've created for the people around them to view them in, within. And that's exactly what's happening. We need a world that is completely transparent. We need a world where people govern themselves, first and foremost. Yeah. We don't need organizations behind the scenes yeah. uh, orchestrating things without our permission and, and ushering us into... Um, for instance, the Great Reset, uh, yeah. without half of the population even thinking yeah. that that's a thing,
0: and I and I don't buy, and, and I know that this is my my spirituality and my uh, my belief system that is speaking when I say this, but I don't believe that we that it's a faded decision that's already been made that the population is going to be reduced by 65 percent or 50 percent, i don't believe that i don't think that we have to comply even the people who have had any type of of um inoculation i don't necessarily believe that those people are going to die i think we are architects of our reality and i think that we can Dream ourselves; we can raise our frequency out of this reality. And I don't think that the the quote unquote bad guys have already won. I don't. I don't believe that.
1: I don't either. I think it's uh, the most powerful tool that any of us have is our mind and where we choose to direct it and put exactly. our energy into. Yeah. So it's so so easy with mass media uh, to lead people, point people in a particular direction, and tell them where not to go. Uh, and people just follow. And as they yeah. follow, then they're just going to be openly accept whatever yeah. reality they think is inevitable. Yeah. And no, no reality is inevitable.
0: Well, and to say that it's a foregone conclusion, I just think it's easy, it's easy to say that. It's easy to give up and, and just kind of go with what, uh, what they, and I hate to use the term they, that that blanket term, that generalization, it's very easy to say they've won already and it's over. It's not over. We're all still alive. We all still, every day we have a decision to make of where we put our energy and where we focus our attention. And I am not focusing my attention on half the population of this country or any other continent disappearing because of some Turd burglar. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, BJ or BG or whatever the fuck your name. I can't stand him. But I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give that person. Eugenics boy. I'm not going to give him any energy to say he's right and he's won and it's over and he's sterilized all of Kenya. Yeah, I know that. I, I get that. But I'm not going to give him the power and the satisfaction to um, live his his narrative or live his reality where it's only the predators that are left on the earth. Fuck that.
1: I A million percent agree. Um, Something about the secret space program uh, question that you asked really didn't go into it as much as I uh, hoped would be gotten into. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I understand. I'm lucky to be speaking in coherent sentences right now (laughs) um, because of my health at this particular moment in my life. Uh, But – the supposed technology that these people are espousing that Mm -hmm. uh, is involved in these programs, Mm -hmm. which would make it easy to get past the Van Allen belt. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something that this narrative doesn't involve is all these other more far out things. Yeah. Uh, But he didn't touch on any of that. Right. That's fine.
0: But we could also be using those. uh, We could be using technology that is mind based. That is not. Yeah science based in the same way, so it's possible that the secret space program is involved in some um psychic realm or some interdimensional realm that uh-huh. we didn't touch on for sure all right homie yeah i'm
1: I'm about done. Uh, my brain has put together enough words yep
0: it's time <laughs> to evening. to wrap this this uh, carnival up and hit the road. Go to the next town. <laughs> Thank you
1: all so very much for listening. Uh, if you would like to give us uh, casserole recipes, uh, guest ideas, praise, criticism, you can email us at the podcast at protonmail.com or
0: You can always reach me at Hunter hyphen Muse at protonmail.com
1: and again our pretty much our entire year is is booked up and there is some absolutely incredible stuff coming i'm sorry Wild. that bard is a i'm only doing a 60 hour, a 60 minute interview kind of dude um, but you know i can't force him i don't yeah. know why he's got
0: what, shit to do i don't
1: know what magic greg carlwood has that gets 2 hours out of him that i can't but perhaps it's legions of listeners that we or don't he have.
0: slipped him a 50
1: or that yes <laughs> But thank you all so very much. We love you. Um, give us uh, give us your love via many ways. You can uh, leave us a favorable review. Give us a good rating on wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Send good vibes. That's it right. all matters. Everything That's matters. True. You matter. That's right. All right.
0: That's a fact.
1: <laughs> Take care.
0: All oh. <laughs> righty. Bye.